cool because I want you to be able to learn as well. And so I want to share some of that with you. But I want to start with this thought. Pixels are replacing people. Look at this interesting quote from USA Today. USA Today reported that a chef named R.J. Cooper was opening a new restaurant. A carpenter asked him whether he wanted a cell phone charging station at the hostess desk and answered abruptly, no, 100% a no. The article went on to report that restaurant owners are struggling to create a dining atmosphere free from the distractions of social media, electronic communications. It even goes on to share some facts of how it's, it caused financial duress because as people are longer on the phone, they never read the menu, so people are staying there longer, they can't get as many people in. So it's a financial issue as well. Several have banned cell phones. Social media distractions, they argue, are destroying people's ability to be present with one another at a meal. The ambience of the restaurant was being ignored. Cooper questioned whether the restaurant was losing its very reason for being. Now, that's just a restaurant. But if I were to be at your home this week, would I find the same? Would I find you present with God and with each other? If I were to follow you to work and school, would you be present with the people that God has put in your path? So I think it's all about presence. We're losing the ability to be present with God, with each other, and with our neighbor. People are longing to know and be known. What the world longs for is the Lord's Supper. He longs for the Lord's table. If we want to go Greek, the Eucharistia, which the root word in there is kara, which means joy, or charis, which means grace. You get both when we're at the Lord's table. A joy that comes from the grace. And it was so cool because one of the books I had to read for my class, it's called Faithful Presence. He was walking with a guy down the street and says, there's the Eucharist. There's the Eucharist. There's the Eucharist. There's the Lord's table. There's the Lord's table. And the guy kept stopping like, what are you talking about? That's not church. That's a bar. Uh-huh. That's a restaurant. Uh-huh. That's an apartment. Yeah. The Lord's table is there. They just don't know it yet. Somehow we have relegated God's presence only to the short little moment that Ed led us in today and ignore the fact that He's present everywhere. But are we present enough to recognize it? You know, in Matthew 26, verse 26 to 29, we see where he institutes this practice, and maybe that's the problem. It's become a practice rather than a principle that's part of every area of our life. It says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to the saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This is all about presence. God very really, literally being present in the, the form of Jesus. The disciples being present with one another. And contrary to the many images of the Lord's Supper, particularly Leonardo da Vinci's long table, that's not how it was. It was a circle. 
In Mark chapter 3, it says, Seated in a circle around him, Jesus said, It wasn't side by side where there's no presence. You are all there. When you look at the, the actions, the verbs that take place, take, think, eat, drink, presence. I actually wanted to show you a video of what would the Lord's Supper have been like if there was cell phones. But the whole video was in Italian, so I couldn't understand a word it was saying. But it was ridiculous. But is that how our lives are? When the Lord's table should be present everywhere. No, it's supposed to be on Sunday. I do believe He did this in the middle of the week the first time. It's meant to be everywhere. But what's even more amazing about this presence is what Jesus actually wants us to remember when we take it. Often when we come to the communion, often the thing we hear is the cross. And yet He doesn't mention the cross here directly. It happens. He's going to be broken. He's going to be poured out. But He's not saying remember the cross. He's not saying remember you are a wretch and you killed them. That's not what He wants you to focus on. In other words, He doesn't want us to come to the Lord's table with guilt. He wants us to come to it and leave with gratitude. The only topic that Jesus mentions outside of the actual actions of the practice of the Lord's table is forgiveness. That's it. Forgiveness. And I think the thing that most importantly we tend to forget about forgiveness is we need it. Because see, if we need it, then we'll be grateful for it when we get it. And if we're grateful for it when we get it, then we'll also share it with others. I love what Mark Templer says about forgiveness in his book. It's in the second chapter. It says, Forgiveness is at the heart of the cross and at the heart of Christianity. Forgiveness is what makes Christianity unique as a religion. Other major world religions expect their followers to do good, to do right. But they do not provide a clear path to forgiveness. Nor do they help their followers to realize their need to be forgiven. Christianity through the sacrifice of Christ reveals the need for forgiveness and opens up the door to forgiveness for all of us. So I believe presence and forgiveness go hand in hand. Because when we don't truly feel forgiven, do we feel His presence? And if we don't have forgiveness amongst ourselves, are we really present for each other? Have you ever had that time where you knew you were in sin and you took responsibility and you're confessing the person, but they're not really present and they go, yeah, I forgive you. Do you feel it? Are we present with God? Are we present with each other? Are we present when we're with our neighbor? See, we've got to understand, understand this fact. Forgiveness, we need it. Right? Have we forgotten that we need it? Did it only happen before you became a disciple that you needed it? Anyone here sin after baptism? So do we still need it? But do we forget that sometimes? I'd say I do. And when I do, I don't feel His presence. And when I don't forgive others, 
I can't be present to them. And if I'm not present with God and I'm not present with you, how could I ever be present for those who need forgiveness most, who are outside the body of Christ? See, it's not a time to remember our sins. It's a time to remember our sins are forgiven. And when we go there, when we're present in that moment, as we're taking that bread and that cup and we're eating it, we, we need to realize we're being reminded that we're forgiven. No matter what happened this week, and maybe you still need to confess before you leave today so you can truly believe it. Because God doesn't need confession for Himself. We need confession. So that we can be just clean conscience before God and each other and so people can pray for us and help us. He knows what you did or didn't do. But we need that and we need to know and believe that forgiveness is real. We should be feeling gratitude, not guilt, when we're at the Lord's table. Now the interesting thing though is unfortunately throughout history there's a lot of theological debate of what actually happens in the moment of the Lord's Supper. The substantiation is what it's often referred to as. Is that really become His flesh? I'm not here to have that argument. But I do believe we've lost some of the spiritual, mystical nature that in faith, God is there. And that we've lost being in touch with that. And therefore, we've lost truly being present to one another. We're saying, how can we be present to our neighbor? You know, one of my favorite passages concerning the Lord's table is the first one that takes place after his death. Do you guys remember the, the story of the two guys on the road to Emmaus? And what's amazing is Jesus is present. But they don't recognize him. He's there. What did it take for them to recognize him? Luke 24, verse 30. When he was at the table with them, something about this Lord's table. He took bread, that sounds familiar, gave thanks, that rings a bell, broke it, yeah, I heard that too, and he began to give it to them. Whoa, that kind of resembles something. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures? When they walked, Jesus was present. When they heard the Scriptures, Jesus was present. But not until the Lord's table did they recognize it. See, if we only leave the Lord's table here in this moment, and we don't take it into the rest of our life, then we're not recognizing Jesus' presence in our home, in our family, in our neighborhood, or wherever the Lord's going to have us be. We won't recognize it. There is more power to the presence of God in the Lord's table than I think we realize. So how can we? How can we re recognize it in all the different areas of our life? Because the Lord's table is all about presence. And it's not limited to Sunday. See, the real question, guys, is not this. Is Jesus present? The answer is yes. Where? Yes. He's present. The real questions we need to ask are, do we recognize His presence? And when we do, do we welcome 
His presence? Those are the only two questions. But these questions are answered outside of this ritual practice that we just did earlier. The Lord's table is bigger than that. It should be in every area of our life. In one of my recent classes, The Foundations of Missional Practice, I had to read a book that really talked about how Jesus wants to be in every space of our life. And I really loved how he simplified and described in three circles how to do that. Here's the three circles. You have the close, not closed, close, intimate body of Christ, the family of God. No matter where you're from, no matter who you are, when you accept Jesus as Lord, when you're baptized in His name, when you're given forgiveness and receive His Spirit, you're in that close circle. And guess what we do there? We're just recipients. We just receive. Who's the host? Jesus. Jesus is the host. But that's not the only place He wants us to be. We also got to get to the dotted circle. Still a circle because predominantly it's the body of Christ. But now it has spaces to allow others to be welcomed in. It's still us. And now notice we become the host. That others get to witness. But that's not the only area of life the Lord's table should be. Eventually we've got to get to the half circle. Now that's dangerous. It is the world. And in that world, we're not the host, we're a guest. It can be glorious. It can be dangerous. It can be downright scandalous. Jesus! He's with sinners and prostitutes and tax collectors. He's with gluttons and drunkards. Could happen. See, the problem is, is if you only focus in one area, you'll fall. No matter which one of the three you pick. The Lord's presence is in all three And He wants us to be in His presence in all three. What about the Lord's table? How does that extend to all of them? Well, I think we already realized what we did and what Ed helped us participate in is in the close family of Christ on a weekly basis as Jesus instituted. But it can be more than on Sunday. It was practiced at other times. There's actual examples in the Bible. That's where we remember that We're in God's presence. That no matter what happened this week, no matter what happened between us, we can come to God and know forgiveness is available. And hopefully it motivates us as we're in that close circle to be grateful, to let that forgiveness transform us because we're recipients. But He doesn't want us to remain in that circle. That Lord's table needs to to transfer into the dotted circle. It has always been Jesus' intention. It's still the gathering of disciples, but with openings, so that strangers, so that family, so that neighbors can be welcomed. You don't believe me? Turn to Mark chapter 6. And remember the Lord's Supper, the Lord's table, and see if you notice some things that are similar. When it grew late, His disciples approached Him and said, This place is deserted and it is already late. Send them away so that they can go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. Did you see what just happened? The disciples, man, we're in the close circle. Jesus is our man. Man, He's our host. We're family. Man, these people, they're not that family. Uh, Jesus, send them away. 
We just want the close circle. I'm glad you brought us out there to be with them. I appreciate that, Jesus, but no, this is all that matters. Really? Look what Jesus says next. You give them something to eat. He basically is saying, guys, no, you don't get it. The Lord's table, yes, it starts, it's founded here in the close family, but it needs to go beyond. In fact, you be the host. I hosted you. I gave you forgiveness. Now you go be with each other and host others. They get it, but they don't get it completely. Look at the response. Well, he said to them, well, should we go and buy 200 denarii with the bread and give them something to eat? He asked them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. What happened? The disciples were convicted like, oh, you're right. It's not just about the closed circle. So they jumped over into the dotted circle, but they let go of the closed circle. They let go of where the power is, where the energy comes, where the miracles take place. Who actually is the only one who can give forgiveness? Because now they're going, oh man, okay, we got to do this, we got to host. But they felt it was all on them. Man, I got to go to the store, I got to pay a hundred denarii, man. I don't know, I think I can do it. No, you're right, you can't do it. And so Jesus is saying, no, you guys don't get it. You need to be in the closed circle. And as you go in the dotted circle, and you allow people to enter, you need to stay connected to the closed circle. What do you got? Good enough, I'll take care of the rest. Isn't that amazing? So let's see what he does. Then he instructed them to have all the people sit down in groups and on the green grass. Who instructed? The disciples or Jesus? Jesus. Even though we're in the dotted circle, even though we're the host, who still needs to be the Lord? Jesus. He has them all sit down in groups in the green grass, so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. That's a lot of circle getting openings right there to allow that many people in. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. Oh, that sounds interesting. He blessed, thanked. That's what the other gospel account says, and gave thanks. He broke. Boy, that sounds familiar. The loaves. He gave them. Here, take this, take this, take this, take this. To his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Everyone ate. That sounds uniquely familiar. And was satisfied. They picked up 12 baskets, just so they won't forget each of the disciples, full of pieces of bread and fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were 5,000 men. Did you notice? Do you notice the Lord's table? In the dotted circle. Not just in the close circle. It's in the dotted circle where disciples are together, but there's room for others to join. And what's He say? Thank. Bless. Take. Eat. Same thing. It's the Lord's table. Wow. It's a place where the forgiven can model forgiveness. So those who need forgiveness go, I want that. We don't actually have to invite them. We're just being together. We're just loving one another. And people go, huh? It's like when you're at a coffee shop and maybe you're trying to share faith with someone. That person's not open, but someone nearby overhears. That's a dotted circle. You had room left in there, but you had to remember God's still in control, not you. You're the host, yes. But you still got to be close to the Lord. And the people will come and they'll see. But it's not meant to stay in the close circle 
or even in the dotted circle. It's got to get to the half circle. Because the question isn't, is Jesus present there? He is. The Eucharist is all around us. They just don't know about it yet. But if we're present with God, and we're present with each other, then we go to the half circle, we'll be more open to seeing the presence of God and Jesus in the lives of those who need the forgiveness we all have. See, guys, here's the thing. You may go, well, it's not my gift to share my faith. I don't know what to say. I'm not good at saying the Bible. But here's one thing every single one of us can do. Share what you were forgiven of. Because every one of you are sinners, I know it. Because I am. And I have a story of what I was forgiven of. That's your testimony. Don't be ashamed of it. Embrace it. Let your mess be the message. And so I'm going to call you to that. You know, Ed Doss, awesome brother. I love it when he does his teaching. But he also is helping me in getting the communion for each service. And one of the challenges is we don't have enough people wanting to share their testimony. So I want to challenge you. If you want to get good at sharing that with those that God puts in your path, practice here. So I want you to go to Ed, go to me, Leanne, or someone else, your city group leader, and say, I want to share what I've been forgiven of. Okay? And if you don't, we'll come tapping. Because this is family. And we're going to be present in each other's lives. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Now, there may be help that you need and what you share and what you don't share because we do want to still be a safe place. And there's some things that may not be great to share in this setting. But you have something to share. It is the message. Every single one of us has it. And it's powerful. So does Jesus expect us to have the Lord's table in the half circle? Oh, yes. Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. How did that happen? How did we go from 12 to 72? Because Jesus was present in a close circle with 12 disciples day in, day out, but then He taught them, now i got to get you around other people like the 5,000, and you go feed them, you host them. And so the circle began to stretch a little bit. Little breaks happened so people could enter, they could feel welcome, and now you got 72 more. So does He stop? Great, job's done. Good job, guys. We were close. We've allowed a few others. Nope, Jesus is not done. As that circle allowed more, <laughs> he wants to go to the next circle. He goes, after this, he appointed him. He sent them ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself was about to go. And being Jesus, I bet he gets there before you do. See, the question is not, is Jesus present in the world? He is but they don't recognize Him. And they don't welcome Him. Which is why we must be present there. So that when we see it, we can let them know. Right? So look what He does. The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest, because whose work is this? It's not ours. It's the Lord's. But He needs us to stay close to Him and to stay close to each other. You go try to do this on your own, you're not going to last. You won't make it in the half circle. They'll influence you more than you'll influence them. But we do need to go there. That was His plan. 
He says, now go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Yes, it is dangerous. But it's more dangerous if we don't. Because how can we say we're His follower if we're not doing what He did? Yes, we need to be careful. We need to be sober about our temptations. If you're tempted with alcohol, don't go to a bar to share your faith. If you're tempted by lust, don't go to the magazine rack. Don't go to the video store. Stay away for a minute. Be wise. But we still got to go where the people need to hear about the forgiveness that's available. And they need us there to be present. (laughs) Now, if you want to really change your evangelism scheme, listen to this. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. Whoa, cold contact just went out the door. I'm not saying we shouldn't have cold contact. I was met that way. But the emphasis here is, guys, it's not about these programs. It's not about these projects. It's about being present with me, with each other, and with your neighbor. Whatever house you enter... Oh, because where was Jesus going? To the house. He's there. That's where we go. He says, wherever you come to this house... You enter, first say, peace to this household. That's what we're supposed to bring the world. Peace. Not judgment. You sinner. You rat. You killed Jesus. Yeah, they did. And so did you. But they need peace. They need forgiveness. They need joy. They need love. If a person of peace is there, because Jesus is present working in their life, your peace will rest on Him. But if not... It will return to you. If someone doesn't recognize His presence, someone doesn't welcome Him, that's not your fault. That's on them. But you be present when you're with Him. You recognize Jesus is there. And pray for that day that you can help Him see it. That's what we're there for. It says, remain in the same house. Why does He say that? Because He knows how busy we get. One appointment after the other. See, I learned real quick, that's not how you're present. That was my mistake when we first went to Russia. We're used to setting up a point. Okay, we'll have a 7 o'clock, then I'll make the next one for 9, because I can probably get out there by 8.30. And then we come to that first meeting in Russia, to their home at 7.30, but the meal wasn't even ready until 9. I'm like, man, i, I got to call that 9 o'clock appointment. Okay, maybe I can still make the 11. Nope, still going. Then it gets about 11.30, they're like, you know, it's getting late. You want to stay the night? What? I'm not used to this. But I got used to it real fast. It was awesome. No more back-to-backs. Just stay a while. Get to really know each other. Watch how much vodka they serve you. Yes. Just sip. A little sip. You got to learn. But we were present. And God worked in that moment. A lot of us experienced that with MLK Day. When you put away your phone, you put away all your other busyness, and you actually had an opportunity to be present with your neighbor. I got to go to one of the uh, senior assisted living centers in Richardson. Thank you so much, Amy Dolman, for that, for hosting us there. 
And it was awesome just getting with different people and just being present. And we were doing these crafts and this older gentleman came over and he couldn't really get the thing off. So I just, okay, I'll, I'll undo it and then you stick it. So we got this little thing going and it was great. And then there was this amazing woman. Uh, his name was Leonard. Then it was Myrtle. And uh, Jordan Green was there with us. He was doing it. But he was trying to be a little more aesthetic, you know. I'm not going to put all of them on there. So Myrtle was like messing with him. Like, you're leaving that penguin naked. Put some clothes on that penguin. It was funny. It was awesome. But as we were just present, we started to hear things in their lives. Found out that Myrtle used to be a gospel singer. And we were trying, because you know Jordan was playing the piano too, and we were trying to get, hey, you guys sing one. No, 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 no. But we knew Jesus was present. And Leonard is talking about his life, and next thing you know, one of the other residents starts getting on the piano, which was a little bit of a danger thing, because he got out of his wheelchair. And we're like, ah! And he started to sing a gospel song. Before you know it, Myrtle was there singing that song. Jesus was present. And we saw it because we were present. What could happen when that takes place? Don't move from house to house. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they offer. Wait, wait a minute. Who's feeding who? What? Wait a minute. Are we supposed to be the one bringing the meal? No. Jesus says, no, you go. And let them feed you. Didn't Jesus do that? It's a gift. I'm coming to your house tonight. That's a whole different kind of evangelism because you've got to have the kind of life where you're so present to them, they want you to come over and they want to feed you. Right? That's amazing. Don't move from house to house when you enter any town and they welcome you. Eat the things set before you. So, so far, the only thing they've been commanded to do is sit at the Lord's table with their neighbor. That's it. That's the only thing He says. And then He says, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. When do you actually share your faith according to Jesus? After you've been at the table with them. After you've shared your life, you shared the food, you let them serve you. Amen. Wow! This is exciting. We're all going to get to eat, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Because God is already there. He's already put people, but we just got to be present. We got to be present with one another so people are going, I want to be a part of that. Hey, you guys want to come over to dinner? I want to hear about all this. Love to. You want me to bring a dessert? You can still bring food, okay, guys? But do you see the difference? Study the Gospels, and you'll see time and time again, Jesus, He's present. And God works. But there is a warning. This is from the book, Faithful Presence. Here in the half circle, we go humbly and vulnerably, giving up all control, listening, waiting, tending to His presence and letting Jesus work through this space between us and them across the table. The presence is what makes possible any and all proclamation of the gospel. If you don't believe me, guys, that the Lord's table really is in all these three areas, well, think about this. If we do this, we put up that barrier, and we only have the Lord's table in the close circle, what's going to happen? Maintenance mode. Because if we're forgiven by how we forgive, then if we're not put with each other to forgive one another, how forgiven are we going to be? Communion is communal, not individual. If we only keep the Lord's table in that 20-minute ritual that we think is the Lord's Supper, then we don't get it. 
The Lord's presence is everywhere. It's there Monday. It's there Tuesday. It's there Wednesday. It's there Thank you. Want to make sure you're paying attention. Every day. Every place. Now, the other problem is we can go, okay, I'm tired of high church tradition. I don't believe in organization. I read that book, Letters to the Churches. It's got to be all just small groups. In fact, we've got to get away from staff and organization. We've got to just fight for social injustice. So I'm going to go to the other circle, and I'm going to put that barrier up. I'm not going to worry about the, the other circle with disciples. I'm just going to go be the light there. Great. For how long? For how long will you actually be able to be a light before they affect you rather than you affect them because you've disconnected yourself from the body of Christ and ultimately the presence of God in your life? You'll fail every time. See, the key is the one in between. Us loving one another so that the world may know that we are disciples. We need to have the Lord's table in all three circles. It should look like this. That we are close to God And because we're so close to God and we're so grateful for forgiveness, we take that into our small group, our Bible talk. But we have some spots in our circle, some blank spaces that our neighbors, our co-worker, our classmate, our family member, even a complete stranger that happens to be sitting and overhearing your conversation, and they join us at the table. And they begin to feel the presence. But we don't stop there. We take it to the world. Dangerous, yes. Beware. But Jesus is there. And all we're waiting for is for someone to recognize His presence and to welcome it. And see, when we do that, then this happens. Isn't that how you came to faith? And notice, they can't go from the half circle directly to the close circle. It's got to go through the dotted circle. It's got to go through. You've got to feel you belong before you're really going to believe. So if we don't get this presence right, we're going to mess up the entire plan of Jesus. The Lord's table is powerful. This is the power of presence. This is the power of forgiveness. Recognize it. Welcome it. And be it for others. Let us go to God in prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, I don't say that as some trivial name. I say it as though we are addressing You as Lord here amongst us. Forgive us that we so readily can make something that was meant to be powerful simply a ritual. Something that we limit to a certain part of a certain day rather than welcoming and recognizing Your presence in every area of our life. God, help us to focus up to focus in, to focus out. Help us to recognize, to welcome, and be the presence of God, the presence of forgiveness. Jesus, help us to be grateful, not guilty. Help us to be the church You have called us to be. Help Your table be in every area of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.